And good evening. <sighs> Sorry, folks. Welcome back to the bomb, the bomb, the BAM podcast. I am Jeff, and good evening as we continue our sci-fi horror month. Uh, I, uh, you probably noticed lately there haven't been any videos uploaded over the last couple of weeks. Uh, take a little bit of hiatus. Scheduling, of course, is always a factor with my day job and uh, Mike's day job as well. He was actually he was supposed to join us today, but um, he has um, connection issues in his uh, part of the state, and um, I know all about connection issues. Trust me. So yeah, lots of good movies have been coming out recently. Oppenheimer, Barbie. Um, I saw Flash. I mean, that was a month ago, but uh, I've seen it like five times. I still love it. Actually, I was watching a little bit of it before I started recording tonight. And um, still, it's still really good. I know people have detractors about the issue in Ezra's a man, and and I understand all that. But the movie as a whole was really good, and it's a shame that we won't get to see that version of the Justice League moving forward. But, you know, stuff happens for reasons, and things must be rebooted. Speaking of things that have been rebooted and rebooted badly, that's the movie we're doing today. Actually, we're doing the OG that basically started a trend Um I would say I would say Space Two Thousand One. How the evil AI he kind of started it, but this this kind of like reinforced the future of apocalyptic movies that were uh, basically visions of the future that were controlled by AI. And it's so eerie how this movie kind of <laughs> kind of illustrates what's going on nowadays. If you're not keeping up with the current events, you know the actors are on strike right now, and one of the big stepping points besides residuals from streaming and all that is. AI, you know, they uh, they don't want to be, they don't want to have their image replaced with AI, and, you know, that's what people are looking at, and, which, I don't know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, that, that's, they're so terrified that they had to strike, and it's one of the, uh, it's one of the selling points for the actors, and let's hope that strike ends soon. Anyway, so we're doing 1984's The Terminator, starring Arnold, you know, this was before all the cliches and stuff, um, his first, like, really big starring role, and kind of, like, was, uh, unless you want to include... Hercules goes to New York, which he didn't have a line of dialogue, which I always thought was kind of funny. But um, yeah, it's Terminator 1984. Uh, and as always, when I have to do a little, go to the little boys' rooms, I'll let you guys know, I'll give you a timestamp and all that good stuff. So if you can find it, I think it's on Max. It's any streaming network. If you go to YouTube and type in The Terminator, you'll find it on there. You can rent it for like $3.99. Anyway, in three, two, one. Press play. A lot of uh, future stars in this film, besides the director, Mr. James Cameron. Lots of stuff. Sorry, guys. I hit the wrong button. If you guys heard a little bit of the film, that was hopefully I got got out of there in time. But uh, I was hearing it. Hopefully you didn't hear it because if you guys can hear it, that's a problem. So specifics: This is the Terminator, of course, released in October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty four. It is directed by James Cameron and written by James Cameron. Um, and of course, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Bean, Linda Hamilton, and Paul Winf- Winfield, who actually was a, a pretty good character actor of the seventies. And budget, 
Actually, this was made on a well, compare budgets to nowadays, which are astronomical. This was made for a budget of six point four, and it grossed eighty million. So I guess if you wanted to compare to like nowadays standards, think of a movie. It's what's a big movie that came out recently? Think No Way Home. I think their production budget was about one eighty, not counting uh, marketing. So that's a one hundred eighty dollar film, and it made two point five million. So that's kind of comparable of what the budget. Was made here. We got a little a uh, synopsis here, basically saying that the uh, mankind has raged for decades, but they can't beat this impending AI at all. And of course, this is the beginning. Of the probably one of the most common movie themes or common themes, the Brad Fidel Terminator theme, which has been used over and over and over again. Even in that terrible Terminator movie, Salvation, it was actually used for like a little. This is one of those themes that's kind of been like refined over and over again, remixed. It's still good no matter what. I mean, you just can't get this theme as, as iconic as the Jaws theme, up there with the Star Wars theme. It's just right there. Like when you hear this bum 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 bum. Almost very similar to the um the theme of Conan and the Barbarian as well. More futuristic version. I, I always thought when I saw Conan and then I saw this, I was like, Oh, okay, so that's like the future where Conan became like a cyborg or something. That's how my kid mind worked back then. You know, I listen to a ton of movie pundits. That's kind of what I do. I, you know, I, I don't consider myself a movie pundit or a movie fan, but I listen to a lot of them, especially going to work and then when I'm at home. And um, the discussion came up of like, you know, doing another Terminator because let's just admit, the last couple of films haven't been to the quality of T1, which is you know an all timer. T2, which kind of like leveled up, and then afterwards you got T3, then you have. Four, then Jenny Smith and Salvation, and like the last one was a Retribution, which is I don't know what the hell it was. They just kind of lost their way. And of course, the futuristic ball, which is how they time travel, I guess, naked in time through a sort of globe. They kind of keep this thing. It's actually been made fun of thousands of times. I'm sure you could see it. I think you could make it on the TikTok app. Maybe I should try that. That'd be a good idea. Look how young Arnie looks back then. And big. I mean, he's still a big guy. He's like in his 70s now, but, you know, he's not as defined. I mean, that's what happens when we get old, man. We just sort of like just. Turn to slush. Hopefully it doesn't happen to me. Or anybody else out there. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But I'm just saying, you know.
you know, recently I've been getting into like a lot of Michael Mann movies. Michael Mann, he did Heat, he did Thief, and he did another movie which I spent I saw a couple nights ago. It's called Manhunter. It's a uh, Brian Cox and William Peterson. Brian Cox, if um, if hey, look who else is here. That's what's his name. Oh man, that, that's not that's that's Bill Paxton as the punk guy right there. Bill Paxton, you know, rest in peace. Aliens, tons of other stuff. Twister, which they're making a sequel to that. The gentleman to the right also, he his career not as big, and I have to find him now. Because if Jones was here, he would look it up, so I have to. And he's going to tell me who it was, and then I'm going to get mad. And Okay, I got to find, let's see. Where is he? Okay, there he is. I think it's it's Brian Thompson. And Brian Thompson, I, I know he's been in tons of TV stuff. Was he in Charmed? No, he was the bad guy in Cobra. Or was it somebody else? Come on. Yep. Yep, that's right. Night Slasher. Yep. So good on him. He goes from a punk in this film to like the main killer in Cobra. Excuse me, what I was trying to say about Manhunter as composed to this movie is these films are sort of like a, from an era, the way they're shot, um, the music choices, the overall kind of scope, the way they shot. Not not to say they're all the same, but they all have kind of that darky, gritty, synthy vibe and like synth music. Like if you watch Manhunter, like one of the things that got me about Manhunter, not only the movie is really, really good. If you guys have never seen it, watch it. It's basically the the first of the Hannibal Lechner movies with Brian Cox playing, uh, as he's referred to in the film, Dr. Lechner. And William Peterson, if you don't know who William Peterson is, uh, watch CSI Vegas. He was there for 15 years and did, he did tons of other still stuff too. Really good actor. And um, I forgot somebody else in there. There's Michael Bean. So Michael Bean is pretty much going to stick to the uh, sci-fi world. Of course, two years later, he's Hicks in Aliens, which is another film based on a really good original film that kind of started the trend. And, you know, depends who you talk to. People would say that Aliens is a better film than Alien. What I would say is they're two completely different films. Where more, um, the first one was more space horror. You know, if you ever played uh, the game Dead Space, you know what I'm talking about, space horror games. And that game is, I wish they would make a film of Dead Space. That's screaming, you know, for a film to be made like that. Space is zombies. And Michael Bean's still doing his thing, too. He uh, Last I saw of Michael, he was in an episode of The Mandalorian. He And he does the con circuits as well. You know, it's a shame he's not doing more stuff, but he, you know, he's older now. And 
kind of just want to take it takes it easy, but uh, we need more Michael Bean in it. You know, speaking of that, um, oh, the guy who did District Nine, he has some sort of Africa uh, South African name. I forget his name. If you guys know it, you know, let me know because I'm gonna forget it. I probably guess it here, but um, anyway, he was gonna be the direct. He directed Chappie. Um, is it Oblivion? Yeah, Oblivion, which were not as good as District Nine. But he had a concept because he was supposed to do the follow. He was going to do an Alien movie. And the Alien movie would basically be the sequel to the second one because the Alien franchise is another one that is kind of like like Terminator. Like, you know, we don't know what the hell happened. You know, this kind of derailed. You know, after Aliens, you know, they had um, Alien vs. Predator and then the third Alien movie, which was uh, a David Fincher one, which, you know... Depending who you talk to, if you talk to my brother in California, he loves Alien 3. I did, and then the fourth one, which had the albino alien, and of course the A versus P movies, and they weren't great. And then Prometheus, which I like Prometheus a lot. I'm one of the Prometheus apologists, but like the films after that were just like, you know, um, oh, yeah, we're trying to make up for that for those movies, so let's do these. And just, I don't know, just didn't make any sense. But um, from what I hear, they're bringing Alien back. And I think it's going to be a series or a movie on Amazon. Uh, and I forgot who's doing it. Um, maybe I'll look it up when I'm here. But it, it, the movie's supposed to take place, I guess, like uh, on the same planet they discover the aliens, where the uh, infestation had begun. And, or is it going to be on Earth? I'm not sure. From what I gather, I thought it was going to be the film about the, you know, the colonists you know, while they their first, you know, meeting with the alien, how they get wiped out. You know, when I think of films like this and like uh, overall shots like this at night, you know, guy going into a phone booth, people just hanging outside. That's basically how I grew up when I grew up up north. It was basically literally just like that. Cop cars. People outside just hanging. And of course, one of the... We finally get to the... Protagonist of the whole film, Miss... Linda Hamilton herself. Sarah Connor. I take exception to this place being called Big Jeff's. She's got that feathered type of hair of that era. That's what all the women used to wear. You know, I used to thought this outfit that he wore right here, like in the first film. You know, it's not like, you know, in films moving forward, the look of the Terminator has always been like the sunshades, the black, you know, the black pants, black leather jacket, everything black. But in this first film, wasn't like that. He basically just stole like a punker jacket. He's got the punker gloves on. And this is sort of like a military jacket. You 
yeah, the the, uh, the part with the sunglasses, you know, that's introduced in every Terminator film nowadays very early. And I think the last film, they kind of went away from that. Some people can be bitches. How true he she was. So I think this scene right here kind of makes him so scary with the words he's speaking. Like he he knows weapons so well, like so descriptively. It's just scary. Like just the way he's he's using the weapons, you know. John Wick does that a lot. Is like when John like there's a scene in John Wick too, where he's going to something called a tasting, and basically he's trying out these new weapons. Oof. You know, of course. Uh, My buddy over here. See, I like these looks, man. Like I said, like in future Terminator films, they always make the Terminator. He's kind of like this leather clad, like Judas Priest. I don't know why I did that. I think it's more scarier when he's hunting. Oh, man, I had a truck like that. Uh, well, used to. You know, look at him. He's got that shirt. I, I See, I would do that as a cosplay. I'm sure it's been done a thousand times. got to be simple. Just a jacket. Get the hair right. He's just emotionless. That's what's scary. He like he it's just a machine. It has no feelings, nothing, no empathy. And that's what kind of makes it for like he doesn't have a lot of dialogue in this movie. Of course, he has the Albert Bach, which is, you know, his most quote one of his most quotable things, but those zingers that he has.
They actually had, I'm sure you guys have seen it, they had a Terminator series on for a while in the early 90s, which, um, with a Cersei Lannister herself. And I think it ran a couple of seasons. It's really too bad because I thought it was really good. That was one of those shows that was like ahead of its time. It was on Fox. I think it ran for two or three seasons. And they had uh, Summer Glau in it, and she was one of the female Terminators, and she was really good, I think. And then she did Firefly after or before that. I'm not quite sure. You know, when I saw that transition of the crane going from like, hey, it's just a normal night of work to like it going to the future crane where it's like crushing these skulls underneath, I was like, wow. And then I thought like, what the hell happened in the future that this shit happened? Got to get more of that synth. You know, we always talk about music being a character in films, and this one is no different. And by the way, if you guys didn't know, we have done Terminator 2. We did the special director's edition. It's in the archives if you want to check it out. And um, actually, that was the director's cut that I had never seen. Different ending as well. God, I love this music. It's just so good. Like I said, I've been on this kick of like sort of 80s, kind of early 80s, mid 80s movies with the soundtracks like this. Because they're all very kind of similar. Movies might be different, but like they had that synthy chord. You know, the whole soundtrack, The Manhunter, like I said, as I said before, so good. Like I think I might use it to work out. Little post-traumatic stress. It's okay. You know, putting together a plot of this film, I mean, this film pretty much is just, it starts. I mean, it's not giving you what the plot detail is, but you, because you haven't, we haven't heard it yet. Usually we have like a guy, in this case, the Michael Bean character, he's going to explain what's happened. But it, I think that comes a little bit later. Like, where are we now? We're uh 2102. So that should be, I think midway through the movie, we found out the premise. But you're finding out 
pretty quickly that this thing, you know, what the hell it is, it wants to kill Sarah Connor. And obviously, this is Sarah Connor, and that dude has come back. We don't know why. He's asking him a specific date. And then we have a kind of a flash forward to the future and this apocalypse. Linda Hamilton was very cute when she was young. You know, actually, in the last film, you know, she was good in the last film when she came back, had her shared one-liners with the uh, the other girl who played, like, the, uh, I think she was, a, like, a female Terminator, like, protector or something. I thought she was the best part of the film. I mean, my issue with the last film, pretty simple, is it basically just took, like, Jenny Smith, it's Genesis, but I call it Jenny Smith. Like, in the last two films, they've just taken what we've known of the Terminator franchise, which is basically the premise through all the films has been, like, John Connor's his savior. Spoilers. It's been around forever. But John Connor's his savior. Terminators go back in time to try to kill him or kill his mom so he's never born. That's basically, and you'll find that out. But in the last two movies... They've kind of just taken that away. And I'm like, are you just trying to be funny? I mean, like, it's. Oh, that's cute. Pugsley. Man, what an idiot. You gonna leave her behind? She got dolled up for you? Jerk. He's got a members-only jacket on. That's what I usually do. If the day kind of falls through, I always just head out to a movie by myself. I, I still do that to this day. No shame in seeing movies by yourself. The glooming loom of the Terminator. Coming, coming, coming.
Oh, another one. Another tie to Alien. Lance Henriksen's here. Lance, of course, Bishop in the original Alien movie. I wonder if he... Um, who did the first Alien? Did Ridley do the first Alien movie? Yeah, he did. Very similar cast. Yeah, only cop that wants to get things done. Most of the cops in these films are just weak. Where, oh, I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> now she's starting to freak out. Wait a minute. That's kind of frightening, though, you think about it for that era, like, you know, a serial killer who just goes after one particular name. And depending on what area he goes to, it could be a long list. Yes, boys and girls, back at the time where we used a phone book. Yeah, girl, you're the last one. My thing is, he's killed two Sarah Connors already, so how would he know which is the one? Does he kill them all? And then leave, or... Hmm... Creeper. Not that I went to any clubs in the 80s. My older brother used to. And I asked him one time. I was like, were they like this? Like kind of like little fancy things in the front doors. And like they couldn't really see anything. Like see how the lights is right in that club? It's not out pronounced. It's kind of like hidden in there. Another good soundtrack that I have to put on the list. 
Ah, simpler times. At least for me. Like I said, I was just growing up in this era, and many of you probably have too, so you probably remember that. Like, most of the times, like, my mom would be going out to places like that when she was on the move. You know, my dad mostly just stayed home, hung out. <laughs> Something about Arnie in this film, like he's just so everything he does, I mean he's imposing looking. He's a very big guy. But like he says no words, no dialogue, everything's just facial expressions and it's just an intimidating look that he has. Middle of the night, midnight munchies. Everybody gets them. What, she got like celery there? Uh-oh. It's just he's so ferocious in everything he does. This guy just fighting in a speedo. Look at that. Just getting whipped. I give this guy credit. At least he's trying. But now it's too late. Terrifying. Look at that. I mean, he probably shot her in like the, uh, I mean, they're killers, so he's probably served like the Siva Cortex. Oof. You just told him where he right where you were. You know, it's so weird, like in this film, I mean this is the intro to Sarah Connor and the stuff that that uh what's his name? Michael Bean's character. What what is his name? Stacks? Beans? Kyle. Is it Kyle Reese?
Tech Noir. You know what I was saying is like it's strange seeing Linda Hamilton as this very frail character. That's what she is now. Like there's we don't know what's going on. And then you see what she becomes later. This just it's a complete like one eighty. She becomes one of the first, like really not one of the first, but like, you know, so I would say Sigourney Weaver. Then probably her. Uh, who would be after Lyndall Hamilton? I don't know. It's a good question. Who would be the third person up there? Well, Cynthia Rothrock is another one, but she was like into the. Uh, I think she was in Cliffhanger. She was in that, she was in nothing after Cliffhanger. That was pretty big. Stuck to like the minor B movies. And now you got the first eye to eye. See, it was love at first sight. Now he just moves through the crowd, just like just stalking. No words need to be said. Look at this. Now, this is where you're like, wait a minute, what is he? Is he, He's like a demon or something? He just gets up. Like, because we still don't know what he is at this point. But you'll get the revelation here shortly. Another thing, another thing I think we're missing in films today, especially like action movies. Maybe I'm just being stupid. You know, I take that back. I'm sorry. I was going to say we don't have enough bar fighting scenes with guns and I, I just started John Wick 4 I was like oh yeah we do just watch the whole John Wick series you get tons of them you know it's strange I wonder like this environment the way it's shot with like the red lighting in the background reminds me of a movie that came out pretty recently just called VA you know if you watch Hobo with a shotgun it's on the vein I might have to watch that afterwards and now we got this yep Yeah, see, now we're seeing this. Now, for the first time, the audience, we're seeing the severity, like, wait, what is this thing? He just put, like, ten bolts in him, and he can't move. I mean, he's still moving. (laughs) 
is the first time you see that, wow, he's a machine. Now, what you're seeing there, not sure if they'll admit it, but they kind of ripped that off the $6 million man. Like, the $6 million man would have, like, he would see things through the binocular of his lens, and it would be like, you know, I mean, this is more a little bit more advanced. Back then, for $6 million man, all you would see was, like, you know, a little diagram, a graph, like, hey, go here or something. I was trying to figure out how Arnold's hair went from sort of like the very, had like a very, I don't know how to call it, like very kind of quaffy look where hair's like going down to like got spiked up so quick. I mean, it was electricity because eventually it would flow down again, but I don't know. That's me being nitpicky. You just got to be a little rough. Sometimes chicks don't listen. I'm just kidding. Just kidding, kidding, kidding. Look at that. Ripping off the Highlander. <laughs> if you watched that, the, the Kurgan, I think he drove a car that he robbed and he would drive it on the sidewalks like that. Oh, it's 101. I thought it was T800. See, now we get the quick little synopsis of what this is all about. He's telling her about the Terminator. She has to live. Literally why they're being chased.
Again, J- James Cameron, box office James Cameron, man, he just makes dough. Whatever he touches turns to gold. Even though I'm not, I am not a fan of the, of the, uh, what is it, what are they called? See, I don't even know what the hell they're called. So are we to assume that this is the 800? Because he just talked about the 600. Ow. And she freaking bit him. Thing that's just gonna keep on killing until she gets killed. So in a way, he is kind of transitioning. You know, I didn't notice like the makeup detail. Like first off, his hair is different. It looks like his eyebrows got shaved off. Kind of anymore. This is eerily similar to that Highlander scene in the parking lot where they're fighting for the first time. If you've seen the first Highlander movie, they sort of kind of meet in a garage like this and they start fighting. And like the whole scenery is just pretty similar. I mean, it just could be, you know, it's coincidence. But I often think, you know, directors borrow from directors. Why not? James using, you know, of that era topics because there was fear of nuclear war also back then. And 
I'd be interested to see if he does do another Terminator movie, which I doubt. He's got those Avatar movies. Thank you, Avatar. Just came to me. Which I still haven't seen the second one. I know 2.7 billion people have. I just, I just never been really interested in it. And it's not because I hate James Cameron. Obviously, I love James Cameron films. But for some reason, that franchise has just always seemed kind of blah to me. Like, eh, okay. It's, I mean, it's technology's amazing. And the film is very topical for today, like I said when I was talking about AIs and actors being replaced by AIs. You know, it's one of those things I think I talked about it with Jones, and basically what you're seeing here in these scenes, like two really good actors just being awesome. But the way he explains the future, the apocalypse, it's just so bleak. And it's one of those things like I wish they never would have shown it because I like, oh, you know, what if it's, it's, it's like the castle run theory. You know, the castle run was always this like legendary thing in Star Wars. Like, oh, my God. You know, he did the castle run. We never saw it. But in our minds, man, it must have been this awesome thing. And then, you know, if you watch the solo film, they actually show the castle run. And it was not what. I built in my head, and I'm guilty of that as a film fan. I, I my expectations meet reality. I'm like, so that was the castle run. Outrunning a dragon, eh? Kind of another trope Terminators use. Terminators use police cars. And, and in the second film, they use cop cars, use a motorcycle as well. Cop helicopters, you know. Now you got that Terminator theme playing. This is a really cool scene driving through these parking lots and just kind of shooting at each other. How to be tough to shoot this. What is James Cameron, man? You're going to trust James Cameron. I mean, James is one of those guys, I think, um, probably the greatest independent filmmaker of all time, number one, because he gets to make whatever the hell he wants. And studios are going to say, all right, what is it, Jim? You know, for the time, seeing a action scene like this was really cool.
I think this is L.A. I'll have to look. Where is the notes? Oh, you have them up, dummy. Of course, look. Okay. Doesn't say where else film. Post it back like that. And of course, the Terminator family is in the Library of Congress. So, let's see here. Okay, yeah. So the film was shot in Los Angeles. Yeah, James. James does have a uh, a skill where he likes directing strong women, or he makes them in the films. This is no different. You know, every film he has like empowering females. This is one of my favorite scenes coming up, or this whole scene, and that's basically the um, the police station scene. I mean, you get like the you get the one liners, you get the 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 true form of the Terminator like coming up. Some random big dude just walks into like an empty <laughs> an empty room over here. Now you get to the part where you're seeing practical effects and it looks really good. Now you can see the machine and it just, this is to me like, like when I've seen this, like, oh, he's cutting his own skin. But it just shows like he's just no pain, man, N nothing. Look how gruesome that is, but it's so cool because it just looks real. You know, he's just fixed. Kind of Luke Skywalker y. What you talking about, Bishop? 
Another one of these things in these James Cameron films, you can all you can tell, you know, like the Avatar films or not, because I am not a fan of them. He always gets really good at acting talent. Like all these actors have had good careers after this film. You know, every film he casts always has good actors. I mean, just go look: DiCaprio, Winslet, um, Zoe Saldana. Was it Michael Lang? Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Sigourney Weaver. Seeing this whole little calm scene where we're setting more stuff up. Now this. Like we saw the hand where he's basically, you know, so now he's like, dude, I can't see from this eye. Let me just carve it out. Like little touches where he's just carving and you see the blood dripping into the sink. Look at that. Look at that. Just take the eyeball out. And then you're seeing like that big, look at that, that's all, that's all made, that's all like prosthetics. And of course you see the eye. Gonna use my good eye. And of course now we have the iconic Terminator look with the sunshades. Of course, got to fix the hair, man. Always got to fix the hair. Oh, okay. So he gets the leather jacket now. Okay. So it started in this film. Goes to show that I haven't seen this in a while. You know, I was looking at some of the notes for this film, and I totally forgot that, you know, besides the films, the TV series, the toys, which I haven't, I have to get one of those Terminators exoskeletons. That'd be a nice collection to get. Is it spawned a really good video game, a couple good video games. There was an arcade version, which is a first-person shooter that I played. Actually, I played with my daughter, and it was really fun, and her boyfriend um, played it at a, what's that place called? It's, um... Not Chuck E. Cheese is another name. But it was really fun. Anyway. And it produced another game. I think it was for the PS4. And then very similar to like a first-person shooter also, but like a survival game. Basically, you're playing as a survivor in that era and trying to escape all these T-800s and stuff. I just love his acting. It's it's like frantic. You're like, dude, you're afraid. 
Hey. See, there's little things that explain away, like, oh, she's crazy. This is why I always like this scene, because it's a scene of her, okay, I'm going to go take a nap. She's protected. There's 30 cops in here. No way he's going to come in there. And then you get, to me, one of the best scenes in a film is this entire scene coming up. I have a jacket like that, I think. I love the fact he just looks. He's like measuring out what he's going to do. That looks right back at him. And then you get this. And everything goes back to normal. But then he just gets the car and just rams right in. Now you get the full display of the Terminator, like how much he can wreck shop. He looks dope too, by the way. And the other films he has like all black on black. He's got like a black and it like these brown jeans, which actually look kind of dope. I'm gonna have to research of getting some brown jeans. Like maybe some brown lucky jeans. Hmm. No, they're more military pants, right? See, not only is he terrifying, he's smart. He's like, dude, let me just you know, take off all the power. They can't see me. This thing is a living, breathing, destructive force. That's all it is. It just. And like they said, 30 cops in there. Everything here is good. Music, tension, like you're literally on the seat like, dude, can this thing be stopped? I know my mother and my brother, they saw uh, T2 and they had that same. My mother had that same kind of reaction when she's watching T2. Like, you know, this thing just won't die like my and just screaming upset as obscenities. 
That's when you know a film's got you. Like, damn, you're invested. You had done. Yeah, he just he straight up murders everybody. No stone left unturned. Yeah, like, like I was telling you before, but the Terminator look. The Terminator's look with its leather jacket and sunglasses has become an iconic image in popular pop culture, which is true. A comic book was also created out of the Terminator. It's just a lot of stuff, man. I'm just reading this article. Um, like, what this film started. Like, lots of the visual effects. You know, this was a big boost for James Cameron's career. Like, this literally was the first one. I think he was a special effects guy for Roger Corman, if I'm not mistaken. Roger Corman, you know, doing tons of those 70s films. With, with, you know, like, Sinbad and the Seven Deadly Sins, Jason and the Argonauts. It just shows how the threat of the Terminator is so big now. Like, he literally wipes out an entire police department and, like, other counties of the boroughs they have to get together to stop them. That's a question I'd like to know. You know, her, her voice is so different now. I mean, of course, she got older, but his voice changed. But it's a, like this was so very soft. Even in, the, in T2, it was, wasn't where it is now. Like, no offense. She's got like the uh, smoking lady voice like this now. Yeah. 
Another one of the cool things they explore in the second film, which once again, you can check our archives, is the exploration. Like, you know, in this movie, you don't see John Connor. He's mostly one of the guys, yeah, John Connor's just John Connor's that, but you see in the NT2, you know, he's like literally the beginning of the film. He has, he looks like he has a cool scar on him. You know, he's this war hero leading like the rebellion. Then it was like Terminator Genesis, which like Terminator Genesis, the film after that and the film after that just totally took the mythos, the character John Connor, and just just destroyed it. Literally crapped the bed on it. Ouch. Mother of Dragons. All right, guys, on that note, I'm going to use the facilities. So usually what I do is I give you guys a timestamp, and right now we are at 10859. So I will be right back and continue to enjoy the film. Be right back.
All right, guys, uh, 110.48, and this is a pretty cool scene that I actually walked back into. Kind of the first time how you see, like, what the future's like. And I think, do we see John Connor here? I don't think we do. The future is this desolate place. You know, living underground. I just love the imagery he uses here. It just shows, like, the despair. Like, look, at they're eating just dog food and just trying to survive. You know, the mom and the mom and daughter watching a TV set with no picture burning through. Just to like a lot of the imagery, just very haunting of what could be. You know, if artificial intelligence took over, just like, hey, what do we need humans for? They're not perfect. They're as flawed as anything. I believe this is the first time you see a Terminator infiltrating the camp. You know, I was trying to remember this scene. Okay, so we don't see John, but the pic... <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, now you know. I like to know the name of that dude, that because that dude technically is the first Terminator, right? So would he be the T six hundred, or would he be like the eight hundred? I don't know who this guy is, but he's a badass. Look at him, man! I forgot how much people he fucks up here. Look at that. Oh, look at that nice shot there. Shows his eyes. Of course. It's pretty easy back then to be off the grid, you know, they couldn't track your cell phones or anything. So now he has to go, he's got to read up diaries and stuff, like, look at that. Yeah, let's walk away. That's fine.
Well, nice to know that the uh, Terminator, you know, changes his pants. Doggy. That's a German Shepherd right there. He's not coming there first. He's going to kill the mom first, then come back for you guys. That's the thing they used to have during this time is the hotel rooms with like stoves. You know, my my dad and my brother, we um, we went away for a weekend a long time ago. I think we were seeing a baseball game in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. I'm, I'm, I forget which one. Anyway, we were traveling for the weekend. And, uh, oh, man, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> oh, the hotels with the uh, stoves and like Nowadays, you have, like, basically just a microwave and a small fridge. Yeah, mom's gone. Do they show the mom here or not? Oof. Give me address there. Yeah, learn how to make freaking C4 when you're a kid. <clears throat> now he's got a bike. Pretty much uh, you're seeing some illusions of what James used in the next film with the Terminator. Like the look. He goes, he goes with a motorcycle again, so... So this is how the Sarah Connor character was kind of born through Kyle Reese, of course. Is that's what they're insinuating? Militaries and all that, and I 
it's like a pseudo love story too, because you find out, you know, how does Sarah give birth? Like, who's the day? Who's baby daddy? Terminator Genesis ruins just a lot of things for this film franchise. Tons of stuff. And one of them actually wasn't uh, the actress who played the Sarah Connor, which is a mother of dragons herself. It's the apocalypse later. I get what I can get. So a lot of people have to do. You got to detach yourself from situations and and um, feelings. See, that's a, that's a thing that it, it could seem like it's silly, but then it doesn't, because it makes sense. Of of course, you would go back in time to somebody who love you and take care. You can't go back with some random stranger here to save him. Oh, she's gonna give it up. He's just broken, man. See, in the midst of all this madness, you have stuff like this that make that actually makes sense to the story. And the music playing like it all. Dun 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 dun. Well, the clothes flew right off. And you're basically, if you didn't understand or get it by now, basically John Connor sends his own dad back in time so he can be born.
Oh, no. I don't think he kills a dog. And now we're back. That's so cool. He still has like the blood stains in the back of his leather jacket. Adult movies. <laughs> Yeah, like I was saying before, like the special effects, the ad, like just added layers, you know, advancements in digital technology back then. <clears throat> and of course. This chase scene. Sorry, guys. I have a little issue with the Wi-Fi. Give me a second here. Look how amazing this freaking bike scene is. Alright, just hold on one second. This is incredible. Look at this. Alright, hold on. Oh, my volume is messed up. All right, there we go. Uh, I had a little snafu. We're at one twenty-five thirty-six. So my Wi-Fi was slipping in and out. So I right, got him. Kyle got hurt. Like, this is an un uncontrollable killing machine, man. You're not going to stop it. Oof. That's got to be horrifying when you see this. Now he gets a truck. You think this thing is dead. Oh, man, it's going to keep on coming. It just shows that this thing is this unstoppable killing machine. Look at that. Going to get Kyle out barely. James likes to use bridges. Lots of bridges. 
They need to make the Terminator like this again. I don't know how they would do it, but you know, they talked to James Cameron. I think I alluded to it earlier about him doing a newer version, of which I don't know when he's going to have time to do it, but he explained that if he, if he did do it, he was going to use a lot more of the AI aspects, which you know they they've used already. I mean, I'm just he said he wanted to see that where AI is going to go from here, like the advancements in technology. Because who knows if you ever got Chat GPT, you'll see. Look, at, you're being chased, but look, it's maximum overdrive. Now you're watching the movie. Like, this Terminator's been hit by a truck. It's been shot. Now it's been burned to death. It's over. Right? That's it. Done deal. But you then you see it come out. On a fire, burning. Like, the, like just, just so good, so good. These practical effects, man. Oh, and visual. Like this is the beginning of the visual era as well for James. He. I gotta go there and make sure. Da, na, na. It's the happy ending. There's Reese. They're together. They've killed this Terminator. It's done. Uh, not so fast. Then you get to finally see the Terminator's final form, which is the first time we see the exoskeleton, the T-800, which is actually probably more frightening than Arnold. <laughs> this is amazing. You know, if you paid attention during the beginning of this movie, he said living flesh on top of an alloy exoskeleton. I like how they keep the same thing like his um, part of his leg is broken, so he has to do the drag. Now, this looks wonky back then. I mean, if you can if you're a big fan of Jason and the Argonauts and the Sinbad and the Seven Deadly Sins, you could tell that's kind of like that animatronic type of special effect that they use. And of course, in years later, 
James just, you know, and technology had moved on. It doesn't look like that no more. But if they ever did like a special edition, that would be one of the things I would try to like to clean up is that uh, that exoskeleton. It looks very dated. Yeah, he doesn't quit. Something frightening and visceral about like this Terminator just trying to It's getting tougher. It's like the shot, like just the exoskeleton moving around with those glowing red eyes is just—it's creepy. It's scary as hell, and it looks like it's just smiling at you. I wonder if he would say, hey, look, that's my brother right there. These are my great grandparents. <laughs> Far away, when the exoskeleton is walking, it looks wonky. When you get close up like this, that's the menacing part. I mean, like I said, it's, it's from the time. It's little quibbles, but if they ever did remaster this, oh, that's one thing I would do. I think that's one of the things that probably bothers people about Terminator films. I'm just saying out loud when they go to the the newer films, like the the first film compared to the second film was such a major jump in, in technology as well, because you get this. I mean, this for the time, incredible. You go to T2, you have the liquid metal type of special effect with the T T T1000, and that was a game changer. And then the other Terminator films just just kind of kind of copied and pasted. They never like did anything else that was like ahead of the curb. You get some good shots in, but you're just fighting a wall. I like how it just looks at him like, yeah, what? Like you're nothing. Pay attention to all these things here, boys and girls. Now that finally had to do it. It's got to hurt. Oh, got shrapnel in there. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. 
to crawl her way out of there. Sadly, no hope for Kyle. He's done. He's a goner. See, it's like a horror movie. Look at that. Think it's dead? No, it's not dead. It's just... So, like, literally, like... On its last body part, just an arm and a, and, a, and, a, and a torso. Still trying to kill her. Terminators are dedicated. What is she going to do? The only thing she can do use the press machines. God, I marvel about this film. Even all these years later, what, 30, 40 something, 84, 94, that was almost 40 years ago. Yeah, you know, except for the, like, the dated exoskeleton. Film holds up. Library of Congress, man. Plus the claustro. If you're a claustrophobic man, you're seeing these tight areas. They're freaking out like, ah. She can't move. That thing is still moving. I mean, so many quotable lines. This is one of them. I love this shot. Look at that. Just out of reach. Everything is just out of reach. And then finally, finally, as the little red light goes dim. Again, some allusions to the sequel. Not that the film needed a sequel. It could have been perfect just like this. But like I said, they they took a lot of things that were right in front of you. Like this hand is big in the sequel.
And slowly, she's you could see the illusions of the badass we will see in part two. And she got really toned for the second film. If you watch that second film, she is in shape. I mean, there wasn't a lot for her to do in this film. It's basically, you know, she's sort of like the uh, the worm in the butterfly cocoon thing. Like, you know, she starts as one and develops another. Now, at this point, she's pregnant with John and... Timelines, multiverses, madness. Yeah, they did. Now you get to see where the picture comes from. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, four dollars. Gets a couple like a hundred. It gets you like a uh, a hundred candy fishes. Uh, I think you can get a sneakers too. Not sure. Yeah, there is. Storm's coming. <laughs> you finish off with that epic Terminator theme as she rides into the sunset and she doesn't quite know what the future holds. And guys, that was The Terminator, the 1984 film by James Cameron. Um, my partner will say it best. I love gushing about this film. It's everything. It's literally the beginning point for many, um, you know, many film students, directors. They actually get a lot of stuff. This film is credited with a lot of things. The beginning of a lot of things, visual effects, um, James Cameron's first big break, Arnold's first big break. No, I think pretty much all the cast in Lindley Hamilton got a nice little boost to her career. But specifically Arnold and James, they wanted to do bigger and better things. So, Terminator, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And that is the end of Sci-Fi Horror Month. We're going to jump into August. Um, we were supposed to do a couple other films this month, like I said, the schedules. Um, took a little downtime for myself. You know, kind of just re-energizing. But we're going to be back next month. Uh, Mike should be back with us next month because it's his month, Stephen King month. Uh, I can't tell you which film we're doing, but just think of Chris, think of uh, Christine. Think of, I don't think we're doing Salem's Lot. We're doing, well, the, the list is Christine, The Fog, The Shining, Cujo, 
And there's another one, The Shining, I think, if I didn't say that already. So check that out. Be on the lookout for that. And check out the Facebook page for updates. Um, I'm always posting weird, crazy stuff. And um, as always, I will see you guys soon.